This is Niamh Bushnell from Tech Ireland, and I'm here today with Shay Garvey, who is co-founding partner at Frontline Ventures, right here, bang slap in the middle of Dublin City. Shay, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, pleasure, Niamh. So, first of all, tell us, give us a bit about your background because you are our advisor for the Dublin chapter of Innovation Nation, but you and I are going to talk about lots of different areas and lots of different themes that go beyond Dublin just and into kind of national topics and startup ecosystems. But give us a bit about your background and, you know, you've been in this business for quite a while. Yeah, um, I suppose I... uh... I was originally an engineer, uh, like all my generation left in the late 70s, did the whole international corporate, came back, did startups and then raised the fund with some other guys in the mid 90s. So that's well over 20 years ago and raised one of the first VC tech early stage funds uh, from the mid 90s. So since then, I think I would have been involved in teams that raised up to eight, nine funds raised about three quarters of a billion and uh, invested always and a kind of an interesting point here is it was always Ireland and uh, international so I've been investing in early stage uh, everything from med tech to semiconductors to electronics and now laterally in frontline ventures it's all software b2b software for the last six years early stage primarily UK Ireland but also across northern Europe Okay, I think we'll come back to this point of scale and lack of scale maybe in Ireland, which I'm guessing is one of the reasons why you've always invested in Ireland and internationally because we are such a small market, right? Um, But Ireland as a VC back in the mid-90s, describe that and and where we've gone to from there. Well, I suppose I always looked at it. um, The whole... the whole European VC industry was embryonic in the mid-90s. There was nothing, you know. Um, so it wasn't just uh, Ireland. There was no, no, no real venture capital activity across, North, across Europe. So Ireland actually pretty quickly established itself. They, there was a dearth. And I always look at VC. There's two things that matter, capital and talent, right? There was a certain degree of talent in Ireland because of uh, the, the existence even then of multinationals. And then on the capital side, uh, the Irish government, because of its state run and because of industrial policy and because of the idea of whatever, Enterprise Ireland, the indigenous investor, saw the benefit and the interest in investing in the industry. Right. So very quickly, Ireland had a minimum amount of capital and it was commercial capital with some of the banks, pension funds, but uh, Enterprise Ireland played a huge role and we have talent. So we got off to a quick start in the mid 90s. Uh, and, and it was great because that was mid 90s. We had the dot com boom, but that created a lot of and it attracted a lot of talent into that first wave yeah. from 94 to 2001, the bust. So when you think of that, you think of us being kind of ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, we were ahead of other cities and other countries in Europe. Would that be fair to say at that time? Yeah. And again, I can talk really pretty much in detail about the UK and London and somewhat with some of the other centers across Europe. But definitely talent and capital is what it's about. If I compare the London at that stage, it was the formation was uh, talent. Yes, there was, all, there was always talent. Capital, there was very little capital. Yeah. The governments of that era had no, very little interest. Uh, it, it was difficult to get to form a million round. Uh, it was typically angels and it would have been people in the city. So there was no real tradition. But uh, And also the, the PE industry, the other side, the was equity. so dominant in London. So they really, uh, we punched way above our weight versus, say, the UK. 
Okay. And so from there to here, I mean, when you talk about talent and capital, where are we at today uh, as an ecosystem? Because, you know, people uh, like me, for example, I always want to put Dublin in the center of that sentence when you talk tech cities of Europe, London, Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin. I want to put Dublin in the middle of that. Where are we? Yeah. in that when it comes yeah. to talent and capital. Today. Well, if I could just continue from the dot-com bust, then what happened chronologically? Um, what happened is uh, Ireland, having been to the forefront, we had this completely, as we all know, the Celtic Tiger, which was at the end of the day, a credit fuel boom. Yep. We lost a whole generation of successful entrepreneurs. I remember uh, talking to people who had been successful building companies and during that period 2000 2007 or 8 they were doing property they were actually building houses right. so we lost a whole generation of uh, expertise that's one point the rest of europe okay there was a crash etc but they were building uh, slowly uh, out their tech ecosystem so when we got to 2008 think of berlin or whatever there was very little there for all sorts of political reasons in the mid 90s I yes. mean, there was nothing there was no infrastructure but all these uh, cities uh, you know, grew more gradually because they wouldn't have had the boom and they definitely didn't have the Celtic Tiger effect. Yeah. So coming into the next generation, as I call it, 2010 on, Ireland had, was no longer, I think, that well competitively placed. Uh, so okay. And, and if and you like, I'll talk about the next generation. Yeah, please. Next, so next so, yeah. so, so we, 2010 not looking so great. 2010 to, to now, yeah. 2019? And, you know, 2010, uh, the whole, the need for indigenous tech became very apparent, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, right across Europe, right across the world. And really, since then, the story has been more one of the UK, is the British governments of that era really embraced through Lib, Lib Dem, Vince Cable, all that, you know, the coalition government, industrial policy. Yeah. And they basically set about creating something that had evolved here, a very pro startup tech uh, ecosystem, uh, and but when they did it, they actually really addressed the two big things of talent and uh, capital cost. So they created the stage that much more interventionist than Enterprise Ireland ever had been, where they gave much more commercially attractive capital, where they seed funded cornerstone funds by the British Business Bank and the, uh, entities like that that attracted capital in from the city. And therefore created a, uh, a huge number of new venture funds. Whatever about the last few years, but London has been the global city that everybody wants to live in. You really see, I mean, when you think about, again, like positioning Dublin, you really see London, 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 right? I mean, you were telling me earlier on that you used to have this kind of ratio. Uh, yeah, I suppose we had, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said, you know, London, I mean, Dublin will always be smaller. I mean, let's be thankful. Yes. There's nothing we can do about that. But there would have been a ratio in our minds of you know Dublin, Berlin, London. And it would have been you know one, three, six. Yeah. And that's now, in my view, it's probably if now Dublin has grown. Don't get me wrong, it's grown at a rate. But if we still put Dublin at one, at an index of one, I think it's uh, you know it's one five twelve. Right. That's the that's the relative deepening and growth of the ecosystems since 2010. Yeah, and that kind of says it all when it comes to Brexit, right? I mean, yeah. tell us tell us your thoughts on that and what's well, going to happen there. You know, everybody, you know, and definitely, you know, look, 
It's all about mobility. It's all about mobile capital, mobility of capital and mobility of talent. There will be, there's no doubt about it, uh, but uh, an issue with talent, because at the end of the day, none of the Irish or British universities is going to produce enough raw tech talent. It's coming from the East. These are great countries, Central European. I mean, they're top class people. Absolutely. So they're going to come. So definitely it's a real issue, I think, but it's a, but so talent is going to slow into the UK and capital because the inter, you know it's going to be much more difficult to passport funds. But the capital is being addressed by the exchequer, the UK exchequer, who's boosting it up. But be it ca- talent or capital, it, uh, it's going to be a second order effect because if you are already twelve times bigger than Dublin, or fifteen times bigger, and five times bigger than Berlin, it's a it'll it'll have an effect, but not in the. Yeah. in the next uh, yeah. one to three years. Yeah. You've kind of lapped us. When people think about Dublin as a tech city, they think about multinational tech companies. Now, we know we sit in Dublin and we see every day that there are startups probably on every block and that James Joyce expression about you can't cross the river in Dublin without crossing, uh, without passing by a pub. I always say I am sure that that is true of startups with 1,263 uh, startups all very close to the city centre. But talk to to me and, and to our listeners about that startup multinational story, because to a lot of people who think about Dublin, they think Stripe, Amazon, uh, obviously yeah. Facebook, Google, LinkedIn. Yeah. What, tell us and your perspectives on that. Overall, look, it, it, the... the uh, Policy, the foreign direct, the attraction of foreign direct investment for whatever reason or whatever is overall positive for Ireland. Don't get me wrong; it's been fantastic. You know, I've worked for them as a young engineer many years ago, etc. So it's been great to get formation. But um, it, it typically uh, was in balance with the it was in balance with the indigenous uh, tech startups. So, and indeed, uh, very often there was migration of skill sets from the multinationals into the uh, indigenous tech. Right. Especially when companies, so for example, digital equipment uh, way back, uh, which actually cre- created, I said it before, the Irish venture industry somewhat. Then you had uh, companies like Aldiscana, Homegrown International, Iona. When those companies uh, failed, or it didn't fail, but they were bought out or did something, there was a whole slew of new startups. So that's called, in our world, overspill, skill, yep. uh, spillover effect, which is great. So that's great. However, uh, and therefore, when people come into Ireland and other venture capitalists come and visit us here in Dublin, they look around and they say, wow, this is fantastic. Look at what's down the road, <laughs> Google and Facebook and everything. The reality, especially in the last 10 years, is somewhat different because the in digital, in the digital world, different than medtech, but in digital, those companies that are coming in, they are, you know, uh, all the fangs are here. Yep. So these, are mon- these companies are now making super, super profits based on their monopoly position in X, Y, and Z or whatever. And the reality of it is it has now created, in terms of wage rates, in terms of um, the whole uh, uh, parallel economy, and it's a bit like the oil economy in Norway, as opposed to the general population. And of course, no, there isn't a, a, any startup that can compete on wage rates. Now, they were never lower, they were never up to it. But when people go and do startups, it's risk, it's autonomy, yeah. it's wages. There's a whole slew. Right now, it's completely out of kilter. So there's no spillover effect from the multinationals. And indeed, now it's making, I had a young company in here uh, last week, they can't get uh, apartment. They can't live. Everybody wants to live urban. Tech has been urbanized. 
you can't find it. We all we well know the housing problem here. Yeah, and I think it is something that we need to talk about, right? Um, you know, we'd be deaf, blind, and dumb if we yeah. didn't mention it. Housing, there is a housing crisis here. Uh, and it's uh, it's concerning when you hear about companies who are coming in. I mean, I think in the last couple of months we had Amazon announce another thousand employees in Dublin, Salesforce announce another over a thousand employees. Um, and in fairness, some of these companies are outside of the city centre, like Salesforce, but Amazon is right here in the middle of the city. Uh, and you kind of wonder how these people are going to get to work uh, where they're going to live yeah. and what that's going to do for people who are not in the tech space. Yeah. Um, because it's becoming a tech city, but only for a certain portion of the population. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, and now graduates are obviously, it's much more, it, it sounds great to go and work for these companies. You get well paid, you get into multinationals, etc. So. I think somebody recently made a very good point. The growth, the job growth in the US is created all by small business. Yeah. Think about the job growth here. It's created by multinationals, by yeah. large business that were small when they started in the US. So the dynamic bit was in the US. They're now large businesses. We have a strange economy because every other European economy, if they're growing at all, and they are, job growth is through small business. For all sorts of reasons, all our job growth is through large companies, yeah. and that ultimately is an aberration. So, so in tech, we talk about an innovation. We talk about density and serendipity and being cheek by jowl, and we have that. But it's multinationals and startups together. How can we? How can Dublin take that leap forward? to becoming the city where that actually works mm-hmm. really well and becomes kind of, you know, greater than the sum of its parts. As we all know, multinationals work in quarterly cycles, weekly operations, etc. It's yeah. all about their SLAs, their service level agreements, internally and externally are very high. Startups are the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> they are innovation, <laughs> they're chemistry experiments, they're etc. So I, I don't blame the multinationals, I don't blame startups. It's very difficult to make that work. There are different initiatives. So for example, and the IDA are attracting smaller companies. Yes. We here in Frontline are setting up a new fund to actually fund early stage US companies to help them come into Europe. Exciting. And if you get smaller companies, talk to smaller companies. But the idea that out of Facebook, you're going to get lots of startups, that's not going to happen. And it, it's just, it just doesn't happen. You yeah. know, it's, it's large versus small. The SLAs are very different. Yeah. Um, I guess it brings me to, I mean, one of the things I do think about and one of the things that struck me very strongly when I came back to Ireland four years ago uh, was the diversity that no doubt was created by these multinationals attracting in engineers and multilingual people from all over the world, but mainly from Eastern Europe, I'm I'm guessing, and Southern Europe, I mean, from everywhere, from the States as well. So, I mean, I guess the when we talk kind of positively about Ireland and Dublin uh, more specifically, you know, we think about diversity and where the country is culturally. Talk to me about that yeah, yeah. stuff. I, you know, it, uh, there are some very positive aspects. So, for example, the fact that the, the large multinationals, 50% of their recruits are coming from non-Irish, so they are bringing in uh, people. And it is creation. We can see it in the city uh, and, and in Cork and Galway. I think a kind of cultural diversity, youth culture, etc., etc. Um, 
So it, Dublin is a cool place to live. Yes. And this is very important for mobile talent in tech. In, in tech. So it is a cool place to live, right? And therefore, if we can um, then, and I think there's another big trend in technology, which is, is positive for Ireland, is um, mainstreaming of technology. So you, you and I talked about the number of female founders. It's beginning to move well. It's long gone from being just engineers and male, frankly, Absolutely. Uh, et cetera. So I think, uh, and I'm very positive, and I, I work with the Science Gallery here in Trinity, about science communication and making it uh, uh, you know intelligible and uh, uh, to the wider population and therefore to me and I see in our companies now arts graduates humanities graduates because you got to you know know how to think you got to know how to write you got to do all these things because there's always a you know these companies are much more interesting than just engineering companies and all that plays to Ireland because we have our 21 year olds are world class yep they come out but our humanity 20 humanities couldn't find a place here in technology that's changing and that's positive because it's going to be a lot easier and we talked about this earlier is to take humanities and in some sense bring them in into sales marketing all sorts of communications and rescale into you know coding etc than to bring in another 20,000 engineers out of our universities it won't happen yeah yeah you know? so that i love that that so idea possible. of the, the mainstreaming of technology so technology companies are becoming less nerdy they're needing Absolutely. more of the creative talent uh, that people who are non-engineers have and and we have a lot of that creative talent yeah. And that plays to, you know, some of our native genes. It's true. Yeah. Literally, particularly. We have to make sure that the cost of living is reasonable, and that's the issue with the housing. And then we have to make sure that the startup ecosystem, you know, it's easy to do startups, capital, talent, all the things I talked about. So so to finish up, Shay, um, first of all, who are your favourite Dublin companies. I'm putting you on the spot now. I can't. I can't say that because we're an investor in so many. No, look, honestly, look at so your portfolio. To, is the yeah, answer yeah, to that look, question? Yeah, look at my portfolio. Yeah, look at Frontline's portfolio. We did uh, 26 investments last year. Great. Uh, and uh, so we're very active uh, across Ireland, but it is 70% Dublin, I suppose, uh, of the Irish investments. I have no. Uh, one other positive, so the negative of the smallness, as we talked about these ratios, the positive is the, the top tier of Irish companies are more ambitious and led by more ambitious founders than the equivalent in the UK. Interesting. Yes, because they're condemned to export, as I call it. They're on, <laughs> no, seriously, they're on the plane. They're world class. And our challenge, both as investors and the whole community, is to you know really support those and uh, and that's you know so scale will never win but it's speed and it's the public private interaction we're small uh, I do think the government need to get their act together they're still in a post austerity mode they have to look across the UK they have to look at how do you reduce the cost of capital make it more attractive for talent there are quick wins there but the government has to figure that out and um, and if we do that, our the ambitions here, 
the quality of the people is here to have really interesting companies. Yeah, um, I'm involved peripherally in this Grand Canal Innovation District okay. plan. Okay. Um, that's very exciting. So if we could see things like that happening in yeah. Dublin, kind of platforms that yeah. bring together the best of Irish innovation, yeah. right, and show them off to the world. And again, that's not just tech. Because no. if you look at it, it's linked to Trinity, there's a whole aspect of humanities and all that, which I'm very positive on. Dublin in 2019, what would you like to see happen or in the next couple of years? I mean, you've mentioned, you know, before we, we, we put on the podcast, inviting some of the government ministers to go over to to London and check out what's going on there on the tech scene and open their eyes. For example, eyes. Yeah, I'll yeah. go to Stockholm and go to whatever. Uh, because when we decide to do things, uh, that's the benefit of a small country. We're pretty good at, it. Yep. you know, this link. I call it the innovation spinning top. It's where you get the uh, public and private working together to a goal and we can spin that top pretty quickly and therefore throw off innovation. We can do that uh, in a way that most other European countries can't. Yeah. You know? But as I said, in general, uh, we have to understand where we are. We're in a global world. It's a war for talent and capital. The UK, uh, so I talk about Europe because that's where we play for the most part, although most of our companies end up in the US. So we fund them here and they expand into the US because it's B2B software. And we really have to, you know, understand where we fit in that global uh, landscape. And in my view, in the last 10 years, we have not, we've been in a reactionary mode to the crash, the, the local crash. And it's understandable at a personal level or at an emotional level, but we have lost, um, you know, competitive space, you know, uh, ranking or call it what you will, in my view, yeah. relative to what's going on in the West and in the immediate East, especially in the UK. We have some real strengths, you know, as opposed to some of the developing countries in Europe, etc. So these are also key strengths that we should not lose sight of. Yeah. And, may, and you know, and be aware of, and you know, it's very positive. Yeah, and so we we've come back. We're economically building our strength again. So you know, maybe the next few years will, as you say, allow us to find our new place with confidence yeah. in Europe and, in and globally. Yeah. Super. Shay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a series Tech Ireland has developed to accompany the launch of Innovation Nation 2019 our coffee table book and go-to guide to innovation in Ireland. To listen to other great discussions from this series about innovation-driven cities in Ireland and world-class companies here, go to the content section of techireland.org and select podcasts. You can also purchase a copy of the Innovation Nation book from our website under the heading 2019 in the main menu of techireland.org. Thank you.